in the context of your faith. Now watch this carefully. That is, in the context of your understanding of who God is and His promises. You must view everything that way. Now watch this. When your focus gets off of the cause of worry and you focus on your Heavenly Father, here's what happens. Your faith goes into action because now you're looking at things from His perspective. And this is why he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now watch this. I'm not finished. Watch this. So first of all, I'm going to remember that my heavenly Father knows the need, sees the need, and is with me in the need. The second thing I'm going to do when this, when this anxiety hits me, I'm going to view that in the context of my faith, in the context of my heavenly Father, who he is, my relationship to him. As his child, he's my father, my provider. The third thing that's so very important is what he says in this verse. Let me explain it, and I'm going to apply it. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, kingdom means rule. If he's ruling in my heart, I'm walking in obedience to him. So the rule of God in my heart is I'm acknowledging him as my Lord and Master, and I'm submitting to his rule. I'm obeying him. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his rule, and his righteousness. Now, when you got saved, God clothed you in his righteousness, and therefore we're accepted before God because of the cross and the gift of righteousness. But there is a righteousness that is growing each day in your life and mind. That's the work of the sanctifying process of the Holy Spirit doing what? Listen, maturing us into Christ-likeness. That is the character of Christ in our life. So here's what he's saying. You want your needs met? You don't have to worry. Make, listen, seek ye first priority. Number one, above everything else in your life, here's what he says. You live daily, uppermost in your thinking, to obey God today and to grow in Christ-likeness. God, whatever you need in my life today to, to, to bring me into Christ-like character, so do it. He says, when you seek first the rule of God in your heart, that I want to be obedient to him above everything else, I want the righteousness of Christ, the character of Christ to be mine. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his rule, his righteousness, his character, and all these things. Listen, this is a promise of the sovereign God of the universe. All these things, all these circumstances, you do not need to worry about that because he is going to take care of it. That is exactly what that passage of Scripture means. Now, Jesus says, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Don't do it. You know what he's really saying? Trust me, trust me, trust me. You decide whether you want to keep worrying or whether you want to live in victory. You say, but you don't know my circumstances. Wait a minute. What's the first step? My father knows my needs. He sees them and he's with me in them. Nobody else has to know them. He knows them. You do not have to worry. It is a matter of focus. Listen, not when you get in trouble. Seek ye first. Make it the priority of your life every day to walk obediently before him and ask him to, listen, to recreate the Christ-like character of Christ in you, his rule, his reign in your life. And you know what will happen? You'll spend time thanking him, praising him, making requests, interceding for other people. Then when he gets down to your worry list, it'll be gone. God will take away your worry list and replace it with joy 
and contentment and peace. I promise you, in the name of Jesus, he will do exactly what I've said. So you have to make a choice. The day I stop worrying and I set my focus on the living God who loves me unconditionally. Amen? Amen. Now, maybe you're one of those persons and you've never trusted Jesus as you say, and you say, well, how does all of this fit me? It doesn't fit. Because you see, you can't focus on God until, first of all, you deal with a sin problem in your life, asking God to forgive you on the basis of what he did at the cross, surrendering your heart and your life to him, and saying, all right, Lord, I've blown it, I've messed it up, I've sinned against you, I'm asking you to forgive me, not on the basis of my goodness, but on the basis that Jesus paid the penalty 2,000 years ago at the cross. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin, receiving you as my Savior, accepting the gift of eternal life. At that moment and from that moment on, you have the right to focus upon him and watch him do his awesome work in your life. Listen, you'll be surprised at how free and liberated and joyful and happy and peaceful your life can become. And Father, how grateful we are that in a single verse you can say so much. And I pray the Holy Spirit will seal this message. Do not let one person escape it until we become your joyful, contented, happy, excited, productive followers of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. When Jesus said, do not worry, he meant that we can actually, day by day, live without being anxious. Though we may have stressful moments, we can learn to quickly release our tension to the Lord. To review what you just heard, stop by intouch.org and look for the link to Today on Radio. Open our online bookstore if you'd like to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, Overcoming Worry. Again, that's intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. If you prefer to write, our address is In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Are you avoiding prayer? It would be a good idea to ask yourself why. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is just ahead. Dad, Dad, Dad! What, buddy? Did you wear a grown-up gift? You still want to get the same one we talked about last night? Yes. I think we got it. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas. Come on in! Yeah. Oh, thank you, Nolan. The prayer blanket! The prayer blanket. <laughs> Merry Christmas, buddy. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, Christmas is a time of sharing. Go to intouch.org slash store to find gifts that bless for the Christmas season. Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org slash today. You're listening to In Touch. Not too interested in prayer? There are some common underlying reasons for that condition. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Fear. Fear of God may say something they don't want to hear. 
And so they just sort of breeze it off and think, well, I'll work this out somehow. Sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's unbelief. Sometimes people say, well, God's too busy just to be thinking about me. No, he's not. Because they don't have a personal relationship with him. They don't even have a concept that you can. And they see God out yonder somewhere, and how could God have time for me? When the whole message of Jesus is a personal, intimate relationship. So if you have a personal relationship with somebody, then they're not too busy to listen to you. And besides the fact that God is omniscient and that he knows all things, we're not giving him information, we're seeking divine guidance. But I think one of the primary reasons is that people are afraid that God's gonna say something they don't wanna hear and then they have to deal with it. That's a major issue. Then they'll be accountable and they don't wanna be accountable. You are one person among several billion, but God knows you. When you trust him to forgive your sin through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, he lives within you, walking with you and responding to your needs. Learn more about becoming a Christian when you visit intouch.org. And if the gospel has changed your life, and if this program has been part of your story, please let us know. Next week on In Touch, is your soul hungry? There's only one thing that will satisfy. Hear what it means to hunger and thirst for God, Monday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Since October the 7th, the world has seen a resurgence of anti-Semitism, open and raw. In America, this has come especially from institutions of higher education, though also from even secondary schools and a particularly troubling city council meeting in Oakland, California. In New York, high schoolers brandished signs that read, Keep the World Clean, with an image of a Star of David in a trash can. If anything, the past few weeks should finally put an end to our decades-old illusion. Looking back on the horrors of the Holocaust and the historic sickness of anti-Semitism, we ask questions like, how could anyone, let alone an entire culture, be overtaken by such Jew hatred? Many assume that that kind of evil could never happen again. We now know that assumption to be wrong. According to University of Massachusetts professor of criminology, Arlie Perliger, the U.S. is currently experiencing one of the most significant waves of anti-Semitism that it has ever seen. That wave, in fact, predates the October 7 massacre that initiated the war between Israel and Hamas. In 2022, quote, incidents of harassment rose 29% compared to 2021. Acts of vandalism surged 51%. Physical assaults jumped 26% to an average of 10 reported incidents every day. In the week after Hamas terrorists attacked Israeli civilians, anti-Semitic incidents tripled compared to the same week in 2022. This contemporary crisis is just the latest chapter in a hatred that goes back centuries, even millennia. Today, what's often called the world's oldest hatred is found at both ends of the political spectrum in the United States. Now, we certainly should not overlook the power of envy in leading to this, setting aside the irrational claims about Jewish wealth over the centuries. A simple glance at Nobel Prize winners displays the cultivating power of Jewish culture. Still, while envy might explain some of the insanity, there's more to it than just that. No other group has faced 
so many attempts at eradication by so many. Persians, Romans, Crusaders, Nazis, Islamists. How did the Jewish people survive when history is filled with tribes, nations, and peoples that endured for a time only to disappear, some with barely a trace of evidence that they'd ever existed? The Jews were already an ancient people by the time of ancient Rome, and yet, somehow, they remain while what was considered at the time to be an internal empire is now a relic of history. A Christian worldview offers additional resources by which we can understand such historical developments. Beyond just sociological and anthropological realities are unseen ones. Whatever one's views of the end times, the Jewish people embody the promises of God to redeem his world and destroy the works of the devil. They are a painful reminder to Satan that his spoiling efforts to mark God's good creation will inevitably fail in the end and that he will be defeated. The Prince of Darkness can never win this fight with heaven, but in defiant desperation, he'll incite people to commit evil and inflict pain, especially on those through whom God works his redemption. The Jews are also a tangible reminder that humanity's story is not ultimately a tragedy. They are a link for us to the apostles and to the prophets, to King David and to the deliverance from bondage in Egypt. And even when rejecting the Messiah that fulfills God's promise to them, they're a reminder to the world that ultimately God wins. Especially as we approach the season of Advent, the continued existence of the Jews is a powerful witness of God's faithfulness to his world and to his promises. These promises, given in Eden to our first parents and reaffirmed in Revelation to the saints, declare that he's making all things new and that nothing, even the insatiable hatred of hell itself, can stop his restoration of all things. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Timothy Paget. For more resources like this one, go to breakpoint.org. And love